Natural Selections is supported by Tug Hill Tomorrow Land Trust, helping kids and their families fall in love with nature. Learn more at TugHillTomorrowLandTrust.org. So bugs aren't my favorite topic, but I, I we have a kind of a gee whiz segment here on bugs. <laughs> I, I have to admit I still have a, kind of a gut reaction aversion to bugs, so let me just say that up front. But you have some information about the biggest bug that I might ever encounter, <laughs> if I were so lucky to do so. <laughs> I used to be grossed out by bugs. I purposely I, took a class in them in college, so I would not be grossed out, and it actually worked. Did it? There's still a few I'd rather not pick up, but <laughs> you get to know them a little bit. There's a lot of charm to insects, too. I, so I've heard. Except so. when they get really big. It's really big. So how big? All right. So the biggest larva of an insect that I was able to find a record of is from a giant goliath beetle. Yeah. And the grub is about four and a half inches long. Yeah. And it weighs a quarter pound. Ah, just like a stick of butter. You can just keep your <laughs> stick of butter. Yeah. Uh, four, if yeah. you want to envision it that way. <laughs> yep. I'd, okay. Sort of popped into my mind. Well, it'd be the, the face only a mother could love. But uh, for an adult, the largest, pretty much the largest insect would be, uh, it's actually rare. It's endangered. You can find them in New Zealand. So you'd have to go down there to see them. They're called a weta. It's basically, it looks like a gigantic grasshopper or a giant cricket. So how giant? They're about four inches long. And about two and a half ounces in weight, so an eighth of a pound. You know, it's big. It's big enough, but it's a grasshopper, so, well, still, I don't well, know. Well, people that... like grasshoppers and crickets, yeah, exactly. right? And uh, this one, I was reading an article by one explorer, naturalist, that was walking around in the woods in New Zealand where these live, and he saw one, and he fed it a carrot. <laughs> <laughs> that puts it in perspective. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. Okay. So, he didn't feed it the whole carrot, did he? No, he he was careful about it. He said these are endangered. Uh, there are a lot of the islands in the area had in in that part of the world had had rats introduced, and they ate the insects and these mm -hmm. things. And so he figured, well, I don't want to give it indigestion. So he, he let it take a few bites, and then he <laughs> took the carrot away, and it wandered Just off. Just for research sake. Yeah. So how about the smallest? Yeah. Well, tiny, tiny, tiny. They're, they're tiny, tiny, tiny ones, and um, the smallest free living one that's not a parasite or anything like that is uh, a little, little, little tiny beetle. They're about a third of a millimeter long. So if you think of the thickness of your thumbnail being about a millimeter, wow. a third of that. That's so, tiny. Uh, you won't see those. How do you collect those? I mean, who studies these things? <laughs> well, people look for them, you know. You want, and uh, there's actually smaller kind of insect that they're parasites. They live in or on the eggs of other insects. So they're little parasites and the there's um, probably the smallest in the world is this little tiny, tiny kind of wasp. They call them fairy flies or fairy wasps, and they're, they're a tenth of a millimeter long. Wow. So. so that's the big and the small now, but were there bigger insects back in prehistory? Yeah, there, there used to be, oh, several hundred million years ago, there used to be dragonflies that would be the size of you if you stood upright and spread your arms out. Wow. That would be the, the wingspans. And, uh, you know, ants the size of hummingbirds and things like that. So, you know, the question is why? Why, <laughs> why not they, now? Why don't they get so big now? And that 
opens up the general question of, you know, why are insects, even these big weta insects and things, you know, that's not that big. Mm -hmm. So what's limiting the size of insects compared to mammals, let's say, or something like that. So no one really knows. One idea is, well, there are skeletons on the outside of their body. And uh, maybe it's hard to make a skeleton like that strong enough if you get too big to hold your innards in there. Mm -hmm. And another idea has to do with how they breathe. Like we breathe, you know, your chest expands mm -hmm. and shrinks and the air comes in and out of your mouth. But if you watch an insect, let's say, a, you know, a beetle or a bee or a fly, you see the rear end sort of pulsing there. And that's right. how they breathe. They actually breathe through the, their flanks along their abdomen, along their rear end there. There so are maybe holes that, in there. That's just hard. And it's hard. They're, they're little air tubes that go in instead of having the lungs. And so going through those little air passageways, uh, there might be a lot of friction and hard to get enough air in there. So that's the speculation then about how they get to have the big dragonflies in the old days. And one speculation is there might have been more oxygen in the air back then. So, you know, they could get enough oxygen out of their breathing despite the limitations. And they can't do that anymore. Well, that's okay. Thanks very much, Dr. Kurt Steger of Paul Smith College. I'm Martha Foley at St. Lawrence University. Natural Selections is produced by North Country Public Radio with natural sounds by Ted Mack. The program is underwritten by Paul Smith's The College of the Adirondacks, 800-421-2605.